praise God for his life. I know he's in Ghana, but I don't know which part of Ghana he is at the moment. But I'm thankful to God for the friendship we have. You know our stories, some of you that have been here for some time. This is not my first time of being here. So we met a while back in, at secondary school in the year 1997, and we've never been uh, disconnected since then. We've always been in touch, and God has been uh, gracious to us and blessed our friendship. I thank God for his wife, Minister Mary, that is also with him. And uh, we thank God for what God is using them to do around the world and in this place. I also want to thank all the leadership in this church, from the trustees to all the various departments and people that are serving in different ways. It's always a joy to see how God is using every one of you. And we want to thank you all for making it to church. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to see you in church. (laughs) Yeah, make sure they are smiling. If they are not smiling, then it means it's not very good for them. (laughs) But make sure they are smiling, right? And uh, it's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Afternoon church is not always easy, but uh, we thank God. So I want to encourage you, when you see somebody dozing up, just notch them, notch them a little bit so they can, they can stay awake with me. Amen. I want to start by praying for uh, anybody in university, those that are in university. You were in university, you came back home, and you are planning to go back, or you are doing any course in the university. Anybody at university? University students? university okay uh only two at the moment okay and three okay thank god just stay where you are if you lift up your hands everybody close your eyes with me father in the name of jesus i thank you for all our friends particularly these ones that are studying in the university lord you have put in my spirit to pray for them today Because, Lord, you will enlarge them. You will encourage them. For any one of them that is aspiring for something higher in that educational field. Lord, I pray that they will attain it. Lord, I pray that they will attain it. In the name of Jesus, I refuse any activity of the enemy to sidetrack them, to distract them, to oppress them in any way, shape, or form. We declare that they will be champions and overcomers in their area of study, in the name of Jesus, lift them up beyond their wildest imagination. Glorify your name, my God. I am thankful to you that in these ones you will shine your goodness and your praise will be seen in their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. I am on a campaign to encourage every one of our churches. Uh, By the way, I'm one of the pastors here, so I'm not a stranger at all. (laughs) Amen. Um, Although you don't see me a lot, we have what we call Sister Church uh, uh, Churches Fellowship. That, you know, Global Crossfire and uh, and our church in London and some other churches. We meet together, we pray together, so we are all connected. And I've been on a campaign in all of our churches that, I mean, I connect with, that um, we must be able to produce very prominent and very influential people in our communities. Right? Starting from our children. And I've been praying for every one of our children that as they go to school, as they learn, as they grow, they will not just be taught in the things of the spirit, but will be taught in the ways of the world so that they can learn to engage the system. I'm trusting God that in the next 20 years or so, somebody from within our churches will become a prime minister. Somebody within our churches will become ministers of state and influence people, not only in this country. Some of us are I have migrated from other countries and I believe we are here for a season and a purpose. God will give us opportunities and when we tap into them, some of us will go back home and influence our people rightly. Come on, amen. Amen. 
And that has been my desire, and I've been sharing with the pastors. We have been praying on some of these lines, and I want you to join in that prayer. Every time you get chances to pray for anybody studying or doing something within the community to grow themselves, pray for them. Encourage them. Don't limit their abilities. Amen? Amen. Your children, take your time and input in them. It is possible for you to grow and become this and that and that. And I believe God will take us there. 20 years from now, I'm expecting that Global Crossfire will produce a minister. Come on, amen. Your child may become that minister. So put your hands together and encourage it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we thank God for what he's doing. And I'm so glad that God has made it possible for me to be here. Um, Okay, I'll use the time here. And when I'm like 30 minutes into my talking, who is going to be my timekeeper? I always do that with with the church. Uh, Who is going to be my timekeeper today? Uh, Okay, if I go beyond 30 minutes, hold him responsible, not me. (laughs) Hold him responsible. All right, but it's always a joy. And so we thank God for all of your life and let it be that God be exalted and praised highly today in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our gathering today. We are confident that you are here with us for the Bible says that wherever we meet together in your name, you are there. So, Lord, show up, do your own thing amongst us today in Jesus' name. Use me as I bring your word to your people. Bring understanding, bring light. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. How many of us love the idea of winning in anything? Right? If I put two people together to do sword drill, how many of you know, or draw your sword? Draw your sword. Right, so they'll put two people together, they have their Bibles in their hands, and then sister will say, open to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, go, and then everybody, the competition can be severe, and everybody's trying to win, right? How many of you want to be losers in anything? Any loser, lift your hands and we'll pray for you, deliver you from the mentality of losing. <laughs> but everybody wants to win in something, correct? And everybody have that understanding and that desire. Nobody wants to be called a failure, a loser, and a nobody. You always want to be imagined as somebody who is seen to be winning in an area or the other. But the issue is not having a desire to try to win. Come on, amen. The issue is not having an an, an inspiration, a passion for winning. The problem that I have found is always about how we can get to be winners. Come on, amen. How we get to be winners. And that is what I want to share with you today. Because you see, I believe that everybody can win in something. But I want to share with you on what I call winning on every side. Look at somebody and say winning on every side. And let me take about two minutes to explain or maybe three or more to explain what I mean by every side. I'm going to have three people. Uh, Brother Drama, come. Come with me, yes. Let's have but a drama and then let's say the two sisters. Please come. Come with me. Follow me carefully. I just want to show you something on what I mean by winning on every side. So in the book of Genesis, I'm just going to use Genesis chapter 1 to demonstrate what I'm saying. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, we know that um, God created everything in chapter 1. We read about how God made everything. And then we read about how he also made man. Correct? So the Bible says that God created a certain figure from the dirt, from the ground. He molded a certain figure. Let's say this brother is that figure, right? He molded an image. That thing was lying on the floor, lifeless. There was nothing in it for it to move 
or become alive as we know it. So this thing was lying on the floor. Do you want to lie on the floor? No, no, no. Stand, stand. <laughs> so this brother is lying on the floor, created in God's image, the Bible says. Looking handsome, looking nice, fine face, right? No pimples. Uh-huh. <laughs> fine face, nice body, created beautifully to the glory of God, looking like God in his image. But there was a problem with this image. There is nothing in it that can make it move. Right? It is lying on the floor lifeless. So God, the Bible says, then made another attempt. Bible says that he now breathed the breath of life into this dirt, into this thing that he has made. Are we together? And this person that received the breath of God, which is what we call the spirit of a man. Are we together? So God then put a spirit in this body. And the spirit made the body come alive. Come on, amen. So, anytime you see a person, a person is not just what you see as in the physical structure. There is something more to that person than what you see. It is the spirit of that person that gives this body the ability to move and to function. That person, anybody, you see, as you, we walk around, the real you is not this structure. It is the spirit that is inside of you. So, God actually had you already in his mind somewhere before he made this physical structure. He breathed you into this body so that you can have visibility out of this. Are we together? Your body shell, this structure gives my spirit visibility. If I say that who is our our brother uh, Oke, right? Who is brother Oke? Is it minister Oke? Minister Oke, he says anyone. Thank you. So, brother Oke, If I say who is brother, okay, everybody will point to this image, this body. But more than this body, there is something called his spirit. That spirit is the real him. And it is the breath of God in him that gives him power to move and do things. Apart from that, the spirit also came with what we call the soul. Everybody say soul. So this soul and the spirit came together and they live inside of this body. That is why we say that one day everybody will vacate this body. You will continue to live forever. Forever you will live like God. God says he created us in his image and in his likeness. If God has not finished, so will you also not finish. But as to whether you will be able to live with God eternally or not, it's a different question that you must be able to answer and settle while you are in this body before you vacate. Because when you vacate, it is over for you right here. The rest of you is going to live in eternity. This part of you eternity forever and ever with either God or the other side of God, which I don't want to say. Are we together? (laughs) Are we together? So, when I say that you must win on every side, I know a lot of you are thinking I'm in sports, I'm in education, I'm in family, I'm in a relationship, I must win here, I must win, I must win at my job. Some of you are thinking, how am I, I want to hear how to win against my colleagues. Some people have been competing with your colleagues for promotion. I must win. It is all good to think that way, but I want you to reserve this particular teaching for winning on every side of you. Because it is these three people that makes who you are. And I want to challenge you that there is a way that we can position all of you to be able to win on the body front, win in the spiritual front, and win on the soul front. Are we together? You cannot be a winner only in your body. So you look after your physique. Some of us go to the gym and we pump up we lift metals, we are fit and good and nice. But when it comes to spiritual intelligence, 
there is very little that you know. When it comes to your soul, your soul struggles in a lot of ways. This person, this soul, that is part of you. It has three components. It has what we call the mind. Everybody say the mind. And then it has what we call the will. Everybody say the will. And then it has what we call the, uh, the emotion or your feelings. Right? So your emotions, your feelings, and your will are right here. Then you have your spirit, which is your breath, your energy. What makes you really alive? The real you. And they are all contained in this body. I am submitted to you that there is a way that you must win on every front in this part of you. When you read the book of Psalms, a lot of times you hear David say something. My soul, praise the Lord. My soul, praise the Lord. What is happening to him? Why is he calling his soul to come together with his body and his spirit to praise the Lord? Because there are times where you can be in church right now. Your body will be here with us. In fact, sometimes your spirit can even be here with us, but your soul, this one, it can be wondering and thinking about the person that is owing you money. So that from here, you go and collect your money. The soul is thinking. Are we together? And so David, from time to time, will say, my soul, come together and let's praise the Lord. Because sometimes I want to praise, but my soul is not with me. Sometimes it is your spirit. It is not there with me. Your mind will be here. Your body will be here. But then your spirit doesn't feel it. And so nothing is moving inside of you. So David will say, come together, every part of me. Let's praise and honor God. I want to tell you that it is possible to win in your body physically. Any physical activity you are engaging you must be able to learn principles that can help you win here. You must be able to learn principles that can help you to win in your spirit and help you to win in your soul. Mind, emotions, and then your will. Sometimes our mind can be so scattered. It is in the soul. But we must come together. Are we together so far? So I'm teaching you how you can win on every side of you. Turn to somebody and say, you must win on every side of you. Every side of you. Every side of you. Thank you. Put your hands together for them. So having done that introduction, the rest of my job is very calm now. So follow me. I want to show you a few principles that I believe will help you. I have a few things to share and I hope my time is good. Okay. So winning on every side. Paul actually gives us this idea of the soul, spirit, and body in the New Testament. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. Paul says this. Paul is at the end of his life or ministry and is giving instructions to the church. He said a lot of things and one of the things he told them is this. In blessing them, he said, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, somebody say spirit. You will see that the spirit there is with small s. Right? Anytime you read the Bible and you see capital S, it is talking about the spirit of God. Then when it is a small s, it's referring to your spirit. So there is your spirit and then there is the spirit of God. The spirit aspect of you is that part of you that is able to work with the spirit of God. Anybody that hasn't got your spirit working and able to connect with God, you lack God's voice and God's direction. Right? So he says that may your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right then, he has put us on a certain journey. He says, there is an expectation that we must have. Christ is coming again. But the way we must be able to walk and run and do whatever we do in order to receive Jesus. And when Jesus comes, we are seen blameless and spotless. Is to make sure that our whole body, 
Our whole spirit, our whole soul is preserved blameless. Look at somebody and say blameless. So, therefore, we must learn how to keep and preserve that spirit aspect of us rightly and blamelessly. When I talk about your spirit, I'm talking about spiritual things like thinking about righteousness, right? Spiritual things like prayer. Spiritual things like thinking about how you can make it to stay and live with God in eternity, heaven. When I talk about your emotions, I'm talking about issues like peace. Talking about issues like joy. Issues like soundness of mind that affect your emotions and your feelings. When I talk about your body, I'm talking about healthy lifestyle. How you live healthy. How your body can be built up so that when your spirit wants to do some things, your body doesn't say, I am not feeling it today. (laughs) Have you ever been to that place before? They say if you cross 40, then you begin to feel very funny in your body. <laughs> Sometimes your, your spirit will be willing to do some things, but your, I mean, your body will be telling you, if you try this one, you think you are young, you will crash, my brother, stop it. So, your body must be healthy. Educationally, you must be able to educate yourself. It is all part of physically body things that we do. Work, career, profession, relationship, marriage, and so on. So the principles that I want to share with you, it is up to you. But whatever you are doing, I believe you can be able to attain and work at this principle in all of these areas. Amen? So principle number one, how do I get to win on every side? When it comes to my spiritual life, how do I get to win in it? When it comes to my soul aspect, how do I win? When it comes to my body, how do I win? Number one, you must know and believe that it is possible to win. Are we together? The first thing that I want to encourage you to do as a church, you must understand that the possibility of winning is real. When I say to you that 20 years time from now, we can produce a prime minister or a minister of state in this country, it is up to us to believe that it is possible. Without us believing that this thing can be possible, we will only live in a wishy uh, land, right? Fantasy land. And nothing can happen. But the first step in making sure that this thing happened 20 years from now, 15 years from now, whatever it is that we are trying to win on, we must first believe that it is possible to win. It is possible. That belief must be there. And it is not just a shared belief, but it is a knowing. Somebody say knowing. You must know, you must have the knowledge that this thing that I'm trying to do, it is possible that I can actually do it and be successful at it and have great reward. It is possible. Am I talking to somebody? The possibility of, of the whole success matter has to be something that you, you have understood, you have settled in your mind. So when you are working, you are not working as a defeated person. You are not going forward like somebody who doesn't know what they, are, what they are trying to do. But you walk as if you know it. You have seen it in your dreams, in your visions. You think it. You live it. You talk it. Everywhere you go, you have this understanding that this thing I'm trying to do, it is possible. For example, so pastor have declared that we want to be able to, either, I think I see on your envelope. Let me check how, how it's written. Building project, right? Is it a building project? Church building fund. Uh-huh. Church building fund is because we are trying to get a, our own place, correct? So, we want to win in that understanding. We want to win on that front. Because 
whether we like it or not, we are either going to compete with estate developers, some people that have what it takes to buy just like that. But we must tell ourselves, looking at all the environment and the things that are going around us, you can convince yourself that, Pastor, this thing is not possible, particularly when Pastor begins to look at a certain place that you know is very expensive to buy. You say, ha, ah, pastor, this our offerings and our tithes, our seed project does not match where your dreams are going. Please, let us go to this other side. It may be possible here. But we must all be able to know and believe that where we are going and what we want to do, if it is directed by God, it is possible. Come on, amen. It is possible. Isaiah chapter, no, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says that for lack of knowledge, people can perish. So what you don't know can kill you. Is that correct? What you don't know can deprive you of something that can come to you. But I want to challenge you today that whatever it is that you are pursuing, you must know. Knowing that, knowing means that, you know, you have checked the thing out properly. You cannot know some things by just um, assuming that you know. Are we together? Anybody who tells you that I know something, if I ask my brother, do you know Ramsgate? Ramsgate. He can say, yes, I know Ramsgate. Why do you know Ramsgate? He can give me evidence of things that he knows about Ramsgate that will convince me that he truly knows Ramsgate. In other words, he has done his research work. Are we together? He has done his, his, his observations. Sometimes knowing means you must observe what other people are doing and ask yourself, if they did it, how did they get to do it? And I can also begin to walk on the same path and get to where they are at. So knowing means you, you do your research, you do your observations, you do your homework. So that when you tell me, I know that it is possible, I know you are not just talking out of wishful thinking, but you are talking based on a foundation that you have studied something that has helped you to come to that conclusion. Are we together? Amen? So we must know that it is possible to make global Crossfire Church in this place, the biggest church, the biggest exciting place, the most dramatic. I mean, you, can, you have to believe that it is possible. Come on, amen. Don't look at yourself and say that this one I've gone ahead and... No, it is possible with me too and I can get it done. So knowing and believing in the possibility is my first thing. The next thing that you must do is that you must follow the rules or principles pertaining to that subject. Whatever you are trying to achieve, again... For example, you are trying to build a business. And um, in everything, there are rules and, uh, and, and certain guidelines that you must follow in order for you to attain the results you want. Nobody achieves success out of a vacuum. There are a set of things that you must be able to apply so that it can get you to where you need to be. So understand the rules of the game that you are playing. Understand the rule. If you want to be an effective educationist, somebody who understands and have learned, gone to school, win in the education front, you must apply the rules of education. Number one, you must read your books. Is that correct? How many of you have studied? Read, I mean, don't read your books. You go to the exams room and everything comes back to you and you write and pass. Nobody does that, right? So you read your, it is a principle, it is a guide, it is a rule. If you don't follow it, forget about getting your degree. Are we together? There are rules to building an effective church. There are rules. No, rule number one, Paul tells us, or Hebrews rather, he says, never neglect the gathering. Everybody say the gathering. That is a rule. If we don't meet together, the church will not be together. 
It is a rule. We cannot dream and have an understanding that we want to win in this community and touch lives and bring souls into the kingdom of God without practicing the rules that makes it possible. Study the book of Acts. Chapter 2, there are about five things that this church did. They met every day in prayer. Every day, church, every day, they prayed. The Bible says they broke bread together. The Bible says that they shared their things in common together. Everything they did was about making sure that they won to the glory of God. No wonder the Bible says that when they have done all of that, God added to the church those that were being saved. There were people that were being saved. And that is why we are all part of the church today. If they had failed in their assignment, we will not be here. Are we together? So we can win by applying the principles. So I can preach this sermon in seven ways, right? I can tell you how you win spiritually, how you win in church and all of that. But I'm giving you general principles that can be applied in everything you are trying to do. So that when you take, for example, your education, you say, I want to study all the things that pertain, the rules that are engaging concerning education. Let me study them and I'll pass. You'll be all right. Come on, amen. Am I helping somebody here? You want to have an effective marriage. An effective relationship. Have you met people that say to you, oh, I met this person and we couldn't stay together and the person left me. Every time somebody leaves you. Every time. Ask yourself, what is it that you are not doing that is making everybody leave you? Because there is a rule that maybe you are neglecting and omitting out of your relationships. Because you must win on the relationship front as well. You can't be a tongue a talking Christian, a, a, a Holy Ghost filled person, and your character is then out of way. When people deal with you, they can't trust you. When people deal with you, you are always having problems with them. Something is not right. The rule is not being followed. Are we together? So rules must be something that can help you to get to where you are getting to. Let me read one scripture. Paul in 2 Timothy. Quickly, let's look at that. 2 Timothy chapter chapter 2. Um, where am I starting from? Chapter 2, uh, verse 2 as well. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. I'll read from here. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, note that, he does not receive the victor's crown. Victor's crown. You have gone ahead of me. Stay with me. <laughs> Similarly, go back. Or oh, where are we? I'm reading on the screen, so stay with me, screen man. Yeah. Similarly, if anybody competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Somebody say rules. Because here you see, Paul is talking to Timothy, his son. He's encouraging Timothy. Timothy, I have been training you. I've been teaching you. Now I'm asking you, my brother, please, these things that you have learned from me and from other people that have graced you, I want you to find faithful people. Faithful. He's putting Timothy on an assignment. Are we together? Find faithful people and pass this knowledge to them so that they can also pass it on to other people. Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to win in this journey of soul winning and passing on the good news to others. You must win. You cannot fail. And he tells him that the way you can do this, next verse, next verse, the way you can do this is that you must learn to endure hardship like I have done. That is the rule. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Remember, Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended uh, from David. This is my gospel. I want it to get to a place. Go on. 
for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word cannot be chained. Go ahead quickly to point. Therefore, do you notice that? Therefore, endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. Are you understanding that? So it says that the condition for winning on this job, the condition for making sure that somebody comes to Jesus, receive the message and they pass it on and on and on like a baton race, you must learn to endure. Endure. Somebody say endure. There is something called endurance. Power to endure to the end. This gospel that we preach didn't come to us easy. In the time that Paul was, he's talking about being chained, being in prison. In that time, they suffered persecutions and trouble. So much trouble that he had to tell Timothy, if you don't learn to endure like I'm enduring, you are not going to be able to do what I'm asking you to do. You cannot win in this journey. But it must be won. Come on, amen. It must be won. And the way you win it is learn the principle of endurance. Come on, amen. We can't win as a church if we are not able to endure. There are some things that will not come easy in this church. It will come trying. It will come challenging. Sometimes I, re- I remember there was one church I was in, working in, and we wanted to buy a building like this. We never had a building. We were moving from one place to one place every time we carried our, our instruments. Then when I started working for the third pastor, pastor, please. I've been here for some time and I've seen the struggle before people. Let us buy our own place. We didn't have money. We didn't have anything. I said, Pastor, let's buy something. It's in central London. We must buy. It is expensive, but we must buy. So he said, okay, go and find a place. I went to find a place. There was nothing. It was too expensive. Then I registered myself with one agency and he said, okay, I'll keep you on, on the list. And I went. A few days down the line, he called me and showed me a structure like this. I was disappointed. It was a shed, abandoned, nothing happening, nothing going there, rotten, like, you know, an old school building. Nobody likes it. He said, this building has just come up. I know you don't have the money. If I put it on the market, somebody will come and buy it, so come and see. I said, Pastor, they have told us, so let's go. We went, Pastor, said, we will buy it. I said, this one, I don't think we should buy this. This is too rotten. He said, no. He saw a vision that I didn't see. Today, when you come to London from the center, you've been there. Beautiful place. And everybody is, is envious of it. Are we together? But it came at, we have to endure. One of the things that we told the church, everybody sacrifice one month of your salary. If you believe it, that we can buy this. I'm not saying Pastor, Pastor uh, Benash, <laughs> but I'll advise him to come and talk about it. <laughs> one month salary. I gave my pastor, gave his, surprisingly, everybody also came along and gave. Today, that church is standing to the glory of God. Amen? Amen? Yeah. But we must, we had to endure. It wasn't easy. I had family. I had to feed my children. But I had to believe God. There was one particular person who decided he, she bought the whole chest. One, 200 chairs like this. Bought all of it for the church. And today, she's multiply blessed. I know her very well. She's blessed so much that nobody could even think or imagine. So, the principle may be hard, but if you follow it, it will yield great results. Amen. Number three, number three, diligent. Be diligent in your work. You can't be lazy. Look at somebody and say, don't be lazy. We cannot win on the, especially spiritual matters. Spiritual matters do not work with laziness. If you are lazy in prayer, the devil will always fight and win against you. Try it and you will see what I'm talking about. 
But engage yourself a little bit in your spiritual activity and you begin to win some battles. Come on, amen. There are things, I have tested it and I know it, that there are things that will happen and I will not pray about it. And nothing seems to be working, nothing seems to be going on. But the minute I wake up and begin to pray, it doesn't matter which part of the day I try to pray. As long as I'm praying and talking to God about it, all of a sudden, things begin to move and things begin to shake. Come on, amen. Paul and Silas were in prison, isn't it? And everybody else was in the same prison like they were. The Bible says that they decided to do something else. People were sleeping. They decided to wake up and sing hymns and prayers unto God. When they began to do that, the Bible says God descended into that prison, shook the foundations of the place, and let them go free. That is what your your diligence can do. It didn't come easy. All these things that he wrote over 13 books, or rather 12 books of the New Testament, all written by one man, Paul. You thought it was uh, laziness? No. Diligency was at work. Come on, amen. So you must win with diligency. Hard work. Look at somebody and say hard work. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 14 says that, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. The word diligence here is what we call spudazo in the Greek. Somebody says spudazo. Meaning apply effort. Tell somebody apply effort. Apply effort. Apply effort. Tell them. Tell them. Look to their face. Make them. Shake them a little bit. Shake them a little bit. Yes. 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 Shake them. Shake somebody. Seriously. Shake them. Apply effort. Apply effort. Tell somebody. Apply effort. Don't hit them too hard. Right? <laughs> if you don't like them, hit them a little harder. <laughs> apply effort. Tell them spudazo, spudazo, use the word spudazo, spudazo, yes. Come on, amen. If somebody is not coming to their prayer meetings and you know they have the right and they have the opportunity to come, but some laziness is in play, tell them spudazo, spudazo, apply effort, apply effort. Come on, amen. If somebody is not turning, turning up for the Bible studies, sometimes it's not because they, don't, they, they are not able to attend. It's just, they, you know, their spirit is not there. You know, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't mean a lot to them. Tell them, Spudazo, apply some effort. Apply some effort. Apply. If your children are showing a little bit laziness, tell them, Spudazo, pray Spudazo into their spirit. Come on, amen. Thank you, my brother. Pray into their spirit and you'll find them energized to do anything by the grace of God. Are we together? So these principles are important. Apply effort. That is what Peter is saying. He says even in the waiting for for Jesus to come, it is an effort we apply. You don't just sit and wait for Jesus to come to you. No. You have to work out your salvation daily. Talking to people. Engaging people. People offending you. You learning to forgive them. And saying a prayer even for your enemies. These things are not easy. You apply effort. Come on. Somebody hurts you, kill your spirit. And when you see them, you can't face them. Why? Because they hurt you so bad, you don't want to meet them to remember the hurt. So when you see them come, you go the other way. No, apply the effort and face them and say, brother, you hurt me, but I've forgiven you. And we can live together again. Come on, amen. It's an effort you apply. It is not easy. That is how you work on your soul. Come on, amen. Apply effort. Let me go on to the next thing. I mean, I can give you so many uh, scriptures uh, on... um, on diligence. Let me just read one. It says, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. Proverbs 13, verse 4. It says, The soul of a lazy man desires. Notice that. The soul of a lazy man desires. Where am I? The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. In other words, that both the rich 
and the lazy, I mean, both the, uh, the diligent person and the lazy person will all have desires. But watch the two of them because one of them will have their desires come to pass. It is not wrong for you to be lazy and have a desire. I am lazy, but I, don't, I, want to, I want to be a millionaire. Oh yes, you can be a millionaire. But you must be able to translate yourself from laziness into diligence so that this desire can come to pass. He says, watch them. Because you will find that those who are diligent are able to come to riches. And those who are lazy come to nothing. What they desire doesn't come to pass. Come on, amen. Number four, principle. You must learn to press on. Somebody say press on. Turn to somebody and say, keep moving forward. Yes, don't relent. Keep moving forward. That is what it means to press on. Press on. Press on. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, going down, we all know the story. Some of us may be familiar with it. About the, the, Jesus telling people, uh, his disciples, you must learn to pray and never give up. Listen to what he said. Prayer. Prayer. It doesn't come easy. When, when you have to wake up or somebody calls you, can you please pray for me? Sometimes it is not in you to pray for anybody. But you get yourself together and you begin to press on. Jesus told the parable that we must always pray and never give up. In the parable, the parable actually is about learning a lesson about this unjust judge who did not regard man or anybody, but yet a lady went to her, a widow, went to him persistently, persistently, and the judge changed her mind, his mind and blessed Bless this person. Correct? But Jesus said, learn from this unjust judge. In other words, he's creating a contrast between the judge and our God. He says, God is much better than this person. So if you are dealing with God, you can be sure that your prayers will be answered. But then, there is a lesson of persistency with the woman herself. She persisted. If she didn't go the second and the third time, the judge would have forgotten about her case. But she went again and again, and she had a breakthrough. Persistency is important. Paul then said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, he says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which is of Christ. For that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold for me. So he says, Christ has achieved some things already for me. It is up to me to press on, apply the principles of pressing on so that I can win in these areas. Amen. Number five. Let me move on to number five. Is my 30 minutes not up? I still have... Oh, okay. Because I'm wondering. I've spoken a bit and he's not doing anything. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. So I have some time. So good, I can, I can relax. Because I wanted to catch the very last point. That's why I'm going on today. Because these ones, you can apply anywhere and it will be a blessing. So, number five. Paul is saying in number four, press on. Then number five, he, say, he tells us again, letting go and reaching forward is another principle. You must, if you want to win in anything. Have you seen the people who jump on the ropes when you go to, uh, 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 you know, the, the circus, right? The circus. And then you have trapeze gymnastics, yeah? They come and then they jump on one. If you watch them, Every time they are trying to swing from one rope to the other, somewhere in the air, they must learn to leave the rope they are swinging on so they can hook on to the other. Imagine if they are trying to hold on to this one and then try to hold, what will happen? They will be hanging in the air, right? And then all their swinging uh, 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 dynamics will, will, be, will become stale. They can't go anywhere. They, they will have to fall 
or somebody have to hold them on the floor. But in order for them to win in the jump, they leave one rope and then they hook onto the other. That's what Paul is saying. Let go and reach forward. He says this again in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. Let me read it. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, he calls it one thing. He has two things to tell you by saying it is one. It means that the two are connected in one. Are we together? One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are afore or ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Are you getting it? Paul, Paul at this point, he's an old man. He had done a lot of work. He's talking to a, a church. He's encouraging them and he tells them that I, even I at this age, old age, I don't count myself to have finished it. But I press, I press, I press and I keep going. And he says, what I do in my pressing is that I learn to forget the things that are behind me. All the pain that I suffered, all the troubles that I suffered, all the disappointment I suffered, all the challenges that are behind me, I leave them and I look forward to new opportunities. Somebody say amen. amen. That's how you win. Look forward to new opportunities right here in Ramsgate. Look forward to new opportunities to invite people to church. That's how you can win. If you want to fill this place, you cannot fill it by always looking at the past and what is only, only around you. Look forward to new opportunities. Amen. Paul says, I let go. Sometimes in order to win in, an, in, in, in a conflict, right? Somebody's not talking to you. You're not talking to the person. There's a big conflict. The best thing sometimes to do, if you want to win and have peace, you win in the soul. Peace is about your soul, correct? So that your soul can be at peace. Your mind can be at peace. If you want to win, you must let go. Let go of whatever happened. Let go of the trouble so that you can reach forward to a new opportunity in the person. Are we together? Am I, am I talking to somebody? Somebody need this one. And I pray that the Lord will help us to be able to win in this front in Jesus' name. Paul says, I press on. Number six, I'm going to number seven and then I'll, I'll let us pray. Number, se- uh, number six, listen to the prompt of the Holy Spirit. So, everything I have said up to now, up to point five, you can do it anywhere, anytime, and it will work. But if you are a child of God, you have an additional advantage. Amen? There's what we call the Holy Spirit and his help. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is a helper. He comes to teach us. He comes to enable us. He comes to help us to achieve and become winners. Nobody can win effectively in God without engaging the strength of the Holy Spirit. Are we together? You must engage him. You must allow the Holy Spirit to help you. That is how you win. So, listen to the prompt of the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit's prompting. Some call it intuition. Some call it something told me. If you're a Christian, you must know that it is the Holy Spirit prompting you and telling you what to do. Come on, amen. amen. Imagine when Samuel, in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 16, right? Did I get it right? Yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 16. So, Samuel has been told by God, I have rejected Saul. And there's a new king that I want to anoint. Go to a particular man called Jesse. He has seven or eight children, seven sons. Go and anoint one of them. He doesn't know which one. God didn't tell him. Isn't God sometimes interested? <laughs> go to a land that I will show you. Where? I don't know. Just go. Follow. So God tells Samuel, go to this house. 
You find this man. He has these seven children. Bless and anoint one of them and they will become the next king of Israel instead of King Saul. So he goes obediently, lines up um, to anoint. They brought the first one and Samuel goes, wow, look at his physique. Look at him, handsome, no spot. This man is truly the one God has anointed. Bring him, let him anoint. Once he lifted the horn and went to pour, God says, stop, and then he will pause. And then he will pass. Another will come. He will say, wow, God, this one, I will not miss it. This is so good. This man must be surely. And then they came and came and came. All seven came and nothing was happening. My question is, imagine if Saul was not sharp to the spirit of God. In that moment. Or rather, Samuel is not sharp to the spirit of God. Thank you. It means you are all paying attention. Put your hands together. (laughs) Put your hands together. Thank you. It means that if someone wasn't paying attention to the spirit of God in that moment, he would have missed it. We will not be talking about David the way we know it because it is when he was able to miss the first one, miss the second one, that he now asks the question, are you sure all of your children are here? (laughs) Because he knew that God spoke to him. That's why how important it is to be sure when God has spoken. He knew that he was in the right address. As for this postcode, it cannot be the wrong one. God told me, it is Jesse, it is these children, and one of them must be the king. I have to anoint in this household. If not, we are not going. <laughs> so he told the man, is it, is it, are these all your children? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. There's one that is tending the sheep in the wilderness. He said, bring that one. Bring that one now. If you don't bring him, nobody's sitting down. Until David appeared, nobody sat down. And when he saw David, Abba, Amen. I pray that one of these days, somebody will see you and that will be your moment of change. Amen. Is somebody hearing me? Somebody will win in a certain race because of the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And today, that is my prayer for you, Global Crossfire, that you will be prompted by the Holy Ghost like you have never been before. This is a church of the Spirit. If you don't know, I'm telling you. This is a church where God's Holy Spirit moves in a very mighty and powerful way. I know this because of my brother Benjamin. Come on, amen. I know how much he prays. I know how much he desires to walk in the power and in the dealings of the Holy Spirit. So I know that this grounds, if anybody connect to that particular aspect, you will never miss it in Jesus' name. Come on, amen. You see, God gives us leaders so they can impact. So watch where you are at. The kinds of things that the leader is, you are likely to catch something. And I pray that you will catch that same spirit and let it be a blessing. So that when things are happening around you, God will speak to you about it. Without you calling, Pastor, Pastor, have you seen this? Have you? No. The Lord will go ahead of you. Amen? So the Bible says, David was anointed because Saul never missed it. Just imagine, if he had missed it, we would not have the stories of David that we have today. It would have been a different arrangement. But be, prompt, be, be alert. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Finally, finally, let me share this and then we'll close. Finally, Never forget how you won and the people God used to get you there. Amen. This final point is very important. T.D. Jakes was preaching recently and he said, 
that, you know, you can let your restlessness, you know, the fact that you are not happy with something. I'm in church. The chairs are not arranged properly. The music is not playing properly. And you are all restless. Something is not right with you. You, you know you can do something about what is not right. And so you get up and say, Pastor, I feel I can handle this. Can you give me an opportunity? Pastor says, yes, go ahead. And then you start arranging chairs. You start learning the drums. You start doing some things. And you start getting better and doing well. And all of a sudden, everybody begins to see that this man, something new is happening. He's doing well. He's, in, in, he's actually getting on the job and things are fine. And his TDJ said, that restlessness can get you to break through. He has broken through, right? That restlessness can get you to break through. But when it comes to you sustaining that breakthrough, it takes what we call consistency. Everybody say consistency. And then he said, you must also learn in order for you to move from that breakthrough point to your next level of multiplication, you must be grateful. Everybody say grateful. It is a grateful heart that makes you blossom, right? It's a grateful heart that makes you multiply your effort and your effect. Anything you do, you watch it and test it yourself. Everywhere you are at, if you have been able to break through to a certain stage, the minute you start forgetting the principles and the things that help you to get there, you'll be amazed how quick you begin to fall. When Peter was, uh, uh, was on the water, he called unto Jesus. Jesus said, come and walk. So, he followed the voice and he started walking. And looking unto Jesus, everything was fine. His feet was on the water. But the minute he started looking away from Jesus and looking around, what happened? He started sinking. It is also true for your own life and whatever you are trying to build. Watch it because if you forget the things that help you to get to where you are at, you will likely begin to see yourself going down. Especially when you also forget the people. Somebody say people. The people that God used to help you. Nobody arrives at anywhere by themselves. God uses people. Come on, amen. Even angels were used by God in the form of people. When Abraham met the guys who he, 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 he served, it was out of that service that they prophesied and said, a year by now, your promised child will come. People, come on, amen. The people God uses. Don't forget the pastor God is using. Don't forget the elders God is using. Don't forget the leadership God is using. Don't forget the parents God uses to help you get to where you are. Don't forget the children that God used sometimes to get you to where you need to be. Don't forget. Because when you forget these things, it is likely that you are, your, your end can be predictable. Am I talking to somebody? Very important, please. Very important. So, I have shared with you a few things. I pray that by the grace of God, you will never forget these principles. Whatever has helped you to become fit and well. Huh? When you have gained the praise of your doctors, the praise of the people around, oh, you are a fit person. You are, have you been to the doctors and they tell you you are very fit, your blood is good, your heart is good, everything around you is well. So when you leave the doctor's surgery, you find a McDonald's somewhere to go and sit. As for today, they said, I'm healthy. Let me eat some unhealthy food. <laughs> Let me eat some unhealthy food so that I can also, because all the time I've been keeping fit and good health. No oil, no salt, no sugar, no this. Every time you are no, no. When you go to parties, you don't enjoy the food. But you go to the GP and they tell you, but okay, you are so fit. The doctors praise you. So the doctors, they are very careful to talk to you like that. Because they know the temptations of anybody. Right? That when they tell you you are so fit and good, the next minute, you are looking for opportunities to feed yourself what is not good for you. 
Because you think you are okay. Once a while, I must pass through there. You know, once a while. Same thing spiritually. That sometimes how you pray, you come to church. Do you know that just coming to church and being part of the fellowship has a way it blesses you. It strengthens your inner core. Sometimes you don't know it, but it is happening. Just our sitting here, you getting involved with somebody and somebody saying hello and touching you and praying for you. All of these little things are building you up. Forget about them and you find yourself going down spiritually. It is always the case. You watch it. So don't forget the principles that have helped you to come this far. Hold on to them. And the people God used, I can't stress that enough. The people. Because sometimes we can treat ourselves so bad, so hurtful, so, so, so difficult that sometimes you know, it breaks the spirit when you have invested your life and your time into people and they disappoint. Parents can bear witness that when you have invested your time, your money sometimes, and, and, and bless your children and help them to get to a certain stage and they don't meet the standard that they are supposed to meet, it can break your spirit. Are we not there? It can break you. But I pray that it will not be your story. Come on, amen. I pray that when it comes to you, you will not forget the principles and the people that brought get you to where you are at. And people will not also forget you that you have impacted them. They will not forget you. They will remember you. Like Onesiphorus remembered Saul or Paul and blessed him in his most difficult time. May God raise some Onesiphoruses in your lives too. In the name of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet. Don't forget. Don't forget. I will never be the same because it is important that you compete with nobody but yourself. Come on, amen. Compete with nobody but yourself. So I want you to think about whatever God has inspired your heart to do. Some of us, it's about a marriage we want to get into. A relationship we want to get into. Some of us, it's about parenting, raising our children. You have a certain dream. You have a certain target. Some things that you know and know that you are convinced that it has to be done. I want you to picture that thing in your mind right now. See it. See it. And begin to pray and say, Lord, this thing that I see, I pray that you give me the grace to endure whatever it takes. Give me the power to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Let me be able to hear your voice about this thing. I don't want to miss it. Lord, help me in the next two minutes. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray on the point.